What is the role of social media in brand strategy and how does this impact SEO? With Jason Barnard. The In Search SEO podcast is brought to you by Rank Ranger, the all-in-one SEO platform that helps skill your business through data and analytics. Hey, it's David. It used to be that SEO was the antithesis of brand. Branded the things you couldn't measure and SEO brought the free traffic. But nowadays, both can do so much more if they work together. And today we're going to be taking a look at the role of social media in brand strategy and how that impacts SEO. Joining me to discuss that is Jason Barnard. Uh, Jason, why is everything so intertwined nowadays? Thanks for having me on, David. Um, Well, I think it always was. And Google was always crawling all of these different resources, be they social media, media sites, YouTube, video sites, uh, and your own site, obviously, and your competitor's sites. But it wasn't really capable of bringing it all together into one single block that it could understand and uh, exploit in terms of how it represents your brand and how it represents your brand in SEO more widely. Uh, And the recent technology uh, um, advances they've made have made that much simpler and much more effective for them. So Jason, you're certainly involved in many different areas of SEO and and digital marketing. How would you describe your specialization nowadays? Yeah, I'm I'm specialized in a really interesting niche in SEO, which is uh, brand SERPs. And that's basically how Google represents your brand to your audience when they search your brand name. Uh, And as far as I know, I'm the only person in the world specializing in that. Okay, brand SERP, um, SEO. Um, so that, that certainly makes sense from an SEO background. So, so why are you so focused on social media at the moment? Right, great question. I was never really interested in social media before as an SEO because it doesn't really have that much impact on SEO. But in brand SERPs, the social media platforms tend to rank incredibly well. Google is representing you to your audience And so it's going to show your social media platforms that are the most active, the most engaging for your audience. So I had to start investigating social media in the context of a brand SERP, which meant that I started to investigate it pretty much from every aspect. Okay. um, Are there certain social media networks, if you can call them all um, under that umbrella, that uh, play nicest? Are there certain social media networks that play nicest with the brand SERP in terms of the information that Google can get and display from them? Right, yeah. Um, Different industries and different entity types, entity type being a person, a company, uh, a film, uh, a podcast, whatever that might be, have different priorities in terms of how Google will represent those social media platforms, which is logical because those different industries and the way that the audience engage with them and the different types of entities such as products or uh, brands or podcasts or people will be different. And so you can't actually say one particular social platform will dominate. So you need to look at an industry level. But what is very interesting is that Twitter has a fire hose feed right into Google. And so Twitter is incredibly interesting. If your audience is potentially on Twitter, Twitter is a great place to focus because Google gets Twitter and tweets in real time. And they're incredibly present on the brand SERPs. Okay, and just to clarify what you're saying beforehand, were you saying that what you have to do is look at your industry, look at your competitors and see what social networks 
Google are using in order to augment their SERP. And that's probably an incline into the social networks that Google is more likely to pay attention for you. Exactly. That, that if, if you can ha- get an industry overview, and we do that at CaliCube, we've got a platform called CaliCube Pro, and we look into your industry, we take perhaps a thousand competitors if we can find them, or a hundred if we can only find a hundred, and we, we put that information together to figure out which social platforms are dominating. And that then allows you to prioritize your social media strategy. And if you want to do it by hand, you can just look at all your competitors manually and see which social platforms rank on the first page of their brand SERP. So when you search their exact match brand name, what appears? Take notes, figure it out, do a Google spreadsheet, and then you can say, we would need to focus more on Twitter or more on LinkedIn or more on Facebook, depending on which one you're saying. Understood. And you obviously mentioned that Google have got a fire hose from Twitter of, of, of everything directly into it, so it can take all that data and do something with it. In terms yeah. of the strategy itself, um, what, what are the most important aspects of, of what you do on a social platform like Twitter? Um, is, for instance, how you, um, how you display, how you write your, your bio um, ab- absolutely key? Or is it more about um, what you include in your tweets or how often you tweet or who you follow? What are, what are the key metrics to really get a handle on? Right. Well, well, so far of what you've mentioned, I would have to say all of it because you've mentioned the most important okay. part, which is the, the bio you put at the top is what will appear in your brand SERP. So when your audience searches your brand name, they will see that. So it's obviously incredibly important that the brand message is clear and it resonates with your audience. But then um, the, the fire hose into Google from Twitter is actually really, really important because what it can then do is show your, your most recent tweet if it's a result in the blue links. But it can also trigger what we see as Twitter boxes, which is the latest tweets. And at that point, there are two things. Number one is in those Twitter boxes, if you use media, images and video, it will show them. And that's really attractive to your audience and it makes your brand set look, let's say, sexier. And the other thing is that you can only trigger those Twitter boxes by tweeting original tweets, i.e. not replies or retweet, but original tweets that you create to start the thread and that your audience truly engages in. Because there's a fire hose, Google gets all of that information right from the horse's mouth, so it can tell if you're cheating. So really it is that bio, original tweeting with media, get your audience engaged and you've won the Twitter game at least. So how do you deliver confidence to Google that um, you on Twitter is definitely the same as you on your website? Is it as simple as linking to your various social networks from your website? Yeah, you need to find uh, the way, sorry, you need to link from your website to the social media platforms and then back to the same page where you have the link going out, coming back, so that Google gets that two-way confirmation. But then you can also go to all your profile pages. If you're an author, for example, you could go to Muckrack, Search Engine Land, in my case, Search Engine Journal. Make sure they link to your Twitter profile. Make sure they link back to your site and that your site links to them and to Twitter. And that gives Google this circular kind of eternal circle of links that it's just going round and round and round and round and round. And it's just going, okay, all of this is interconnected because what Google is looking for is that interconnected web of relationships that confirms 
who you are, which are your social media platforms or your social media accounts, excuse me, and which are your profiles. And that helps to drive its understanding about who you are, what you do, who your audience is, and that will help it build your brand SERP the way you want that brand SERP to be built. An internal circle of confidence really as well as links. Is that, is that fair enough? I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant, David. You, you should be on my side. I should be on your side. I should be on a podcast. Yes. I, I... Yeah. <laughs> One other thought um, in relation to SEO is it's all very well on goods augmenting your brand SERP with all these rich results, but does it actually deliver a measurable positive impact for your SEO efforts? Right. Well, the, the, the question of measurable is always difficult because it's branding. Um, if you're building up brand awareness, you're pushing people to search your brand name. So you're putting all that money into the brand awareness and the measurement of the KPI of the success of that brand awareness is going to be the volume of searches on your brand name and the quality of what those people then see when they do search your brand name on Google. And at CaliCube, we have a KPI, which is a quality score and a control score that measures the brand SERP, how good it is, how attractive it is, how sexy it is, and how convincing it's going to be for your audience. And I guess from Google incorporating social media posts into its SERP, does that tell you something about the performance of your own social media strategy as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if your social media strategy, I, mean, I, I tell my clients, if you're investing, for example, in Facebook and Facebook doesn't rank when somebody searches your brand name, you're investing badly, either because you're investing in the wrong kind of tactics on or techniques on Facebook, or because Google simply isn't seeing it. And if Google isn't seeing it, then you're not pointing to it enough. It doesn't know it's you. So the success of your strategy revolves around making sure that the right people, your audience engage, so that reinforces Google's understanding of who your audience is, and that Google actually sees it, and it sees that it is indeed you. So for example, you've got a Facebook profile with a totally different name, and you haven't done that backward linking that we were talking about earlier on, you're going to struggle. But if you've got two names that match incredibly well, or all your social media platforms have the same username, then Google's going to recognize it more easily. And it's going to be able to recognize that user engagement much more easily. And once again, I can't stress enough, it's relevant user engagement. It's your real audience. Google knows who your audience are, and it understands who that audience is on these different social media platforms. So you can't actually really start cheating it anymore. So your SERP can actually indicate uh, as to whether or not you're doing a good job at social media. But but what about directing the content that you should be publishing? Is there an argument to say that you should actually be looking at your industry level uh, brand SERP? So your brand SERPs of all your competitors and seeing what is successful for them and having that lead your own social media strategy? Yeah, I mean, there, there are tools like Spark Toro who will tell you with whom you should be connecting about specific topics. And that's a really powerful insight um, into your activity and with whom you should be engaging. In terms of content, the real way is actually just to spy on your competitors, to go along, look at what they're doing. But also, I think it's really, really important. A lot of people just copy their competitors on the assumption their competitors are doing it right. Mm -hmm. I feel that lacks often the... Let's take a big step back and see, are they actually doing it right? Does it make sense? Are they getting the engagement? So you want to look at your competitors and you want to 
let's say, copy them, but only copy them if they're actually doing something that's making sense. Um, from my perspective with CaliCube, we've been very active on social media as part of a strategy to test quite how much it does and can affect a brand SERP. And what I've noticed is that our social media strategy has been driving clients to us incredibly successfully. And so anything that Google then gives me after that is a bonus. I mean, obviously, you've done a lot of work on Twitter and I'm sure other social uh, media platforms as well. Um, is there a general best practice list of things that you would recommend to, to clients in terms of frequency of social media posts or types of content that is more likely to be picked up by the brand SERP? Yeah, well, um, rich media is incredibly important. Videos, I mean, I know you're a big fan of videos, uh, but videos allow images and sound and text to be extracted from them. And one thing people, I think, don't really realise is the video boxes. When you see videos on brand SERPs or in any SERP, um, we tend to think, oh, YouTube, and it's all YouTube, and that isn't the case. It's, let's say, 80% YouTube, but that's still leaves 20% for other platforms, including Facebook, including Twitter. So posting videos across these different social platforms is incredibly powerful in a brand SERP um, context, but also from an SEO context and also from the actual engagement you get from your users. And I think what I've learned over the last year is that the focus on social media is bringing me clients bringing me an audience who are truly interested in what I'm talking about. And the brand SERP effect reflects the fact that people are actually interested in what I'm talking about and I'm talking to the right people. And that is such a powerful insight. I think these are key things for SEOs to think about. I think many SEOs will still be of the mindset, um, I'm ranking number one, that's my job done. Um, let's get more mm. keywords ranking number one and get as much traffic as possible. But the the touchy-feely stuff of what the SERP looks like and what kind of perception potential customers have of your brand as a result of um, experiencing it for the first time on the SERP can make a significant difference. Much harder to measure, of course, but doesn't say yeah. that it's not necessarily just as important, if not more important. Uh, I think... Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, and sorry, I mean, from that point, the, the, the idea of SEO is saying, I want to get somebody on my site and I'm counting the conversion rate. So I'm going to be aiming for the real bottom of funnel stuff of generic words like buy red shoes. And that fails to take into account the fact that some people don't ever make that search before coming to your site. They, they see your site somewhere else. They, they go through different touch points. They become convinced. They search your brand. And that's when they click through and they buy because they know you sell red shoes so they don't need to search for it on Google. They're searching for your brand because they want to buy red shoes specifically from your brand because you've convinced them on another platform. I think this conversation is giving a, given a lot for an SEO to think about, okay, this is what I also need to try and incorporate within the brand SERP. It would be great to have a follow-up follow conversation some point about uh, how to measure that. You know, what are different ways of measuring the success of doing that? And how do you compare the value of uh, an augmented brand SERP versus, versus a, a fairly plain text one with um, without all the, the frills that you can possibly uh, offer them? But um, hopefully we can... Uh, and get you back on and um, have that further conversation. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to. I think kind of just one thing I'd say about, the, the, as you said, the KPI is very difficult to identify, but I don't think anybody would ever ask me 
is it worth doing a full color business card with proper design rather than just print out my name on a piece mm. of card with my email address? Nobody would ask that question. Nobody would say, what is the, the actual added value of that? It's obvious. And if you look at Google's brand SERP for your company as your Google business card, I would argue it's like printing a business card. There isn't a debate to be had. Does that mean then <laughs> uh, that it's impossible in some instances to measure the impact of? Absolutely not. And glad you asked that question because we're working at CaliCube Pro to actually measure this. We already have two measurements, which is quality and uh, control. And we're working on uh, what we're going to be calling brand authority to figure out just how well the brand is understood and how solid that understanding is, how confident Google is in its understanding. And that's going to be phenomenally interesting. We're going to be able to measure the quality of the brand, the understanding of Google. And then I'm going to move forwards and try to start looking into Search Console data to see click-through rates, to see engagement rates. Um, but that, that's a big, long story that's to come, which is really exciting. Big, long story and a wonderful part deux. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, no, I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm Having gone from the let's design your business card, I agree with you, CaliCube need, now needs to move forward and say, how can we prove the value of making it really, really sexy? But let's finish off the conversation for now uh, with the Pareto Pickle. So Pareto says that you can get 80% of your results from 20% of your efforts. So what's one SEO activity that you would recommend that provides incredible results for moderate levels of effort? Um, it's actually not directly a brand SERP, although the, the strategy that I developed for this came from a brand SERP problem. And that was the people also ask, where there were multiple questions about the brand. So when the audience of this brand searched their name, there were three questions in people also ask, and they didn't answer any of them. It was a forum, it was one of their competitors, and then it was, I think it was Wikipedia who answered the third one. So what I said, let's answer those questions on the site. So we created a little FAQ and we nailed those three places. And then more questions appeared. So we answered those. And then we thought, let's go and look at the questions that those questions incite in, in Google's mind. And we ended up answering about 100 questions about the brand, an astonishing number. And that drove an awful lot of traffic of people who already knew the brand, who were asking questions about the brand, bottom of funnel and post funnel. And then what we did is expand that out to the topics that the brand covered. And we now have something like 500 questions on the site and we're driving a phenomenal amount of traffic. And these are just very simple answers to very simple questions. And what I found is that rather than spending weeks trying to figure out the great blog post, the, 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 the skyscraper blog post, it's answer 10 questions a week. And you're going to gradually drive more and more and more and more traffic. And the volumes are phenomenal. And the conversion rates are amazing. And a wonderful book that I've read about that um, is called They Ask You Answer by Marcus Sheridan. Oh. Um, so just shout out to him for that one as well. Um, and he leads with just answer all the questions of your potential audience. And that's your content marketing strategy. I was initially thinking when you're talking about FEQ section as, as one page no. of answering all the questions, but I, I would imagine you're advocating an individual URL, a, a different page for each question. Yeah. I mean, the, the accordion system is something that really annoys me because if somebody's on your site and they come to this accordion system, they actually have to search the questions. So you're actually giving them questions that they didn't know they had. 
but they're actually looking for a specific answer. If they've come from Google, they land on the page, they had a specific question, they then have to scroll through it and read through them all to find the one they asked. Whereas what you can then do is say one question answer per page and then related questions at the bottom. And that makes sense for Google too. I've got one really good example is Orange or a American, American, a French company, excuse me, have a page for uh, does an eSIM work in an iPhone Pro XL? They have another page for does an eSIM work in an iPhone Pro X? Another one for does an eSIM work in an iPhone Pro XXL or whatever, I don't know what they're called. And they've got literally seven or eight different pages for those X models. And each and every one ranks for the correct term and it ranks number one and it's a brilliant user experience. You've given me a brilliant host experience. Every, every single question that I ask, you've come up with an answer that I want to dig <laughs> deeper into, giving me, giving me the circle of confidence <laughs> that you would be a wonderful guest again in the future. Oh, I've been delightful. I've been your host, David Bain. You can find Jason Barnard over at calicube.pro. Jason, thanks so much for appearing on the In Search SEO podcast. Thank you. That was brilliant, David. Thanks for listening. Check out all the previous episodes and sign up for a free trial of the Rank Ranger platform over at rankranger.com.